study called Life, and we're asking the question, how do we bring the different parts of our life under God's leadership and lordship, and how do we glorify Him? Our community groups are all studying the same thing. Hope you're connected to a community group. If not, it's not too late. Get connected to a community group. Let us know on the connection card, interested in a group. We'd love to plug you into a group. We're having great discussions in our group about each of these topics. Uh, Today is a topic that we all can relate to. Uh, It's the topic of family, and we're all the product of a family, right? I'll prove it to you. If if you didn't come from a family, raise your hand. See? It's it's science. We're we're all connected uh, because we've all had this experience. Now, our families are all different, right? Some of them more different than others, but we came from different families, different experiences. Um, Maybe we would say some of them were healthy. Maybe we'd say some of them weren't healthy, but we all have this connection. Parents, siblings, cousins, grandparents. Some of us are our parents. Some of us are grandparents. Uh, Some of us are married. Some of us aren't married, but we're we're all connected uh, to a family, and family is not just a biological reality, even though it is that, right? There's a DNA component, there's a genetic component, there's, there's a biological reality to our family, but, but our family are also emotional realities, uh, social realities, even, we could argue, uh, socioeconomic realities. Let's argue, I know you probably shouldn't do this at church, but let's, let's just say there is no God, right? Let's just, for a moment... There's no God, there's no life after death, there's no heaven or hell, and all all that comes with the package that is God, let's just pretend for a minute, there's not God, family would still be incredibly important. Family would still be an incredible important part of shaping our lives. Even, Even if we move God from the equation, there's still the reality that healthy, stable families tend to produce healthy, stable adults. I realize there's not a one-to-one correlation, and sometimes it takes time to to get there. Uh, But even though healthy, stable parents can sometimes have a child that makes their own decision, sort of goes their own way, and people can come from less than ideal family situations, still be very successful, very stable, still in general. The healthier, the more, the more stable, the more grounded the family experience is, the more healthy, grounded, stable the individual will become. Even if there's no God, that's true. But there is a God. And the God that we read in the Bible is very interested in family. And as a matter of fact, the God that we meet in the Bible prioritizes family. The God that we meet in the Bible uses family as an analogy for his relationship to us. So family must be incredibly important to the God that we find on the pages of Scripture. God even starts all of humanity with a family. And he creates Adam and Eve, he marries them, and then he says, go start a family. And they do. They they have sons, Cain and Abel, and we're not even four chapters into the human story, and family has become dysfunctional, right? Messy, crazy. If you don't know the story, just trust me. Fourth chapter of Genesis, very beginning of the human story, first family to ever be on this earth, 
crazy, dysfunctional, messy, just like uh, your family, right? <laughs> just like my family. Crazy, messy, dysfunctional, all kind of messed up. Well, that's family. Most of us who have ever been to counseling, don't raise your hand, but most of us who have ever been to counseling, we went because of family, right? Like my dad did, my mom always, right? The divorce happened, the this thing happened, that deal, and I'm trying to work through it. Most of us, not all of us, most of us who ever sat in a counselor's office, the thing we talked about was family. Because family's been with us from the beginning, God's idea, and family has been messy from the beginning. So before we start talking about family, let's just admit there is no such thing as a perfect family. Right? There's, not, there's not a perfect one anywhere. As a matter of fact, the only perfect families that exist are in old TV shows. Have you noticed that? And by old, I mean like go back to the 50s and see. You've got to go that far. Shows that you watch in black and white on TV land now. That show pictures perfect family where the kids at least ultimately always obey. Mom always does the right thing. Dad always has the right piece of advice. And it all gets wrapped up in a nice bow in 30 minutes, right? Perfect family. You don't find that anywhere else other than old TV shows. As a matter of fact, when you watch family-oriented shows in the 90s and 2000s, it's like the, the TV writers just gave up and said, they're not going to believe that. There's, there's, there's no need to put a perfect family on TV because nobody's going to believe that. We've just got too many, too many experiences with families. Here, a little interaction. Turn to the person next to you and say, your family's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, some of you are getting carried away. Some of you, I see some of you husbands and wives having too much fun with that. Yeah, but your family's not perfect. My family's not perfect. F- family is not going to be perfect. But here's what, I, here's what I want to build on today. Family should be priority. Even though it's not perfect, it needs to be priority in your life, in your relationship, in your calendar, in your checkbook, in your emotional tank. Like the emotion that you expend every day, there's got to be a priority of that for family. We don't use all of that up outside the family and come home with nothing. Family's not perfect, but it's a priority. And one of the reasons it's a priority is because it's a priority to God. From the very beginning, God says, I'm going to build human existence on a family. Fast forward a little bit in the story of the Old Testament. And when God gets ready to have a people, that's what he calls them. You're my people, nation of Israel. They're eventually going to become. You know what he starts his people with? Family. One family. A guy named Abraham. God says, your family, you're going to start everything. And that's all there is. It's just your family now. It's going to be a whole lot more eventually. But right now, it's your family. And then God builds this nation of people. As God's building this nation of people, He subdivides His people. Okay, there's the people, everybody, people of Israel, the nation. They get subdivided into 12 parts called tribes. That's what the Old Testament calls them. There's 12 of them all subdivided. The tribes get subdivided again into what the Old Testament calls clans, so smaller groups within the tribes, within the people, and then the smallest groups, the foundational group, the group at the bottom of everything is the family. The clans and the tribes and the people are made up of 
families. And very often in the Old Testament, when there was a problem with the nation, they would track it through the tribes, through the clans, and all the way down to the family because God knew early and God taught his people to realize when there's a problem up here, it's probably because there's a problem down here in the family. There's probably things going on in families that's being exhibited among larger populations. And the reality is nothing's changed since the Old Testament. Nothing has changed. In, in our society, in our culture, when there are problems up here, you look long enough and it comes back to problems in the family. Breakdowns in the family. And we're experiencing that. We're experiencing that as a society. And to fix that, Families have to get stronger. It has to start from your family and my family. Now, look, I'm pro-education. I've got degrees, and, and I'm all for education, public, private, homeschool, college, graduate school, Ph.D. I am pro-education. Can I tell you something? Education can't fill all the gaps of family. The educational system can't do it. The government can't fix their own problems, let alone anybody else's problems. The government cannot fix family. The church. The church can't fix families. The, the church can't fill in all of the gaps of what a healthy, strong, encouraging family is supposed to do. Now, hopefully all of those things are supportive. I mean, if your kids go to a good school and they have a good teacher, then hopefully they're reinforcing a lot of the things you're teaching. Or, or children that maybe don't have an ideal home situation. They meet a teacher that believes in them and is on their side. Well, that does something. That, that, that helps. Hopefully our government can help where there's family breakdown. They can provide some sort of foundation, some sort of assistance. Hopefully the churches are coming along families and encouraging and providing and filling in some of those gaps. But the church can't be what the family's supposed to be. The government, the educational system can't be and do what the family is supposed to be and do because families equipped to teach and train and model and love and forgive in a way that no other organization can. I mean, family is the perfect environment where people can see role models. They, they can experience mistakes and forgiveness and grace and mercy. They, they can understand maybe for the first time how authority works, how gracious, fair, justice, and authority works. All of that happens in a family. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses is reminding the nation, the people, of the Ten Commandments that God gave to them in the book of Exodus. And he's going back through them. And he's explaining them. He's saying, look, this is important. This is what God wanted us to know. These thou shalt nots, these ten things, God wants these imprinted on our heart. God wants us to live this way. And then he gets to Deuteronomy chapter 6 after explaining all of that. And he says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God. As long as you live by keeping all these decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. God gave us these. Why? Because He wants our families to continue to be healthy. 
He wants our children to know him. And how are they going to know him? How are our children going to know these commands of God? Well, you've got to teach them. That's what he says in verse 6 of Deuteronomy 6. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Here's what God says. Here are his commands. Here's how he wants you to live. Now teach it to your family. Teach it to your kids. I can press it on their hearts. Model it in front of them. Let your home be an environment where these things are happening. Because the home is the perfect laboratory for that. The the home is the perfect environment for conveying truth that will stick and will last. Because you're around your family all the time, right? That's why they drive you crazy. Because you always hear them. You always see them. Every day, it's you. again. But the, the things that drive us crazy about our family, those are the very things that make the family perfect for communicating the truth of God. Here's what I could do. We could walk the microphone around down every row, and I could say, tell me something your dad always said. Tell me something your mom always said. I bet there's nobody in here who would have a very hard time coming up with something because you heard it day after day. If we brought all of our kids in here and lined them up and we passed the microphone down and said, what does dad always say? We may have to censor some of them, but they would know. Like, they would know what you say in your home. That's why God created this brilliant way to transmit truth, because he knows they're going to be with you. They're going to be hearing you. They're going to be watching you. They're going to be seeing you. Family is the most natural place to reinforce truth and love and encouragement and all the things that God's trying to press into our hearts. And you're teaching all the time. You're teaching all the time. All the time. Not just in what you say, but in what you do. In our community group book, some of you bought the life study book. Uh, there's a great quote by Truett Cathy. I had never seen this, tr- this quote attributed uh, to Mr. Cathy before. But it's in, the, it's in the reading for this week. Cathy said, Don't be too concerned that your children don't listen to you. But be very concerned that they see everything you do. Don't be so concerned that they're not listening. Be very concerned that they're always watching. Because you're transmitting truth. You're teaching something. You're modeling something all the time. And God steps in and says, yeah, that's the way I created it. Now teach the right things. One of the challenges for for family along this line is... Family's not static, right? Family's not the same all the time. Families go through seasons and and cycles, and and things are always changing and shifting. You know, we we were teenagers at one point, and then we became college students, and and then we were young singles at one point, and then we got married, and we were married with no kids, and that season lasted a little while, and then child came along, and then another child for some of us, and another child, and a bunch of children for some of us, right? And so there's always, and then those kids start school, and then they're in ball, and then they're in middle school, and then they're in high school, and the struggle with family is it's, it's 
there are all these twists and turns, all these shifts. It's, it's not static. It's not like, okay, I figured it out. Like, if, if you're like me, I figure out this stage about the time we start this stage in my house. I, like, man, I finally figured that out, and now we're not there anymore. That's the way family is. It's this constant moving and transitioning and changing. And so the question we have to ask is, through all of these changes that are going to happen in my family, what needs to stay the same? Like it, what needs to be true about every single stage? And it'll look different, it'll sound different, but it needs to be true about every stage that I'm in. I have adult children. Okay, this still needs to be true. Here's some. This is not exhaustive. You probably come up with some, some other ones. Here's my list for today. At every stage, prioritize family at every stage. You just got to make a decision. Family's at the top. Under God, under faith, yes, all of that. But my family is a priority. When we, when we have no kids, we're young, married, double income, no kids. Do they still call them that? Dinks? Remember they used to say double income, no kids? That ain't going to last if that's you. I'm just going to tell you. That's a great time. It ain't going to last. All right? You have a kid, somebody's going to get fired. It's, it's, it's great. We'll come back to that. Prioritize each other, family. Got small kids, diapers and formula and no sleep. All right, remember that? Yep. Got to be a priority. Got to be a priority. Kids in middle school and high school and college. You, you have aging parents. You have aging siblings. At all of those stages, prior, uh, family has to continue to be a priority. Like, I've got to carve out calendar, emotional space, financial space. This has to be priority. You've got to prioritize family at every stage. Another thing we have to do, we have to teach, we have to instruct at every stage. This is primarily for parents, but not just for parents. We have to be teaching. Moses said, look, teach these commands to your kids. Impress it on their hearts. Don't bail out. And when you're, when you're teaching them to walk or to feed themselves or to bathe themselves, and it's pretty cut and dry, right? He said, the goal is to get some independence. So I don't have to do this every night, right? I want you to be able to do this for yourself. So there's that instructional stage, but then they start to get older, and the conversations get harder, and the stakes get higher. And what we can't do during that phase is we can't step back. We can't bail out. I mean, there's still teaching and instruction, and I totally get it. Our kids go through phases where they don't want that, all right? And then they go through those wonderful phases where they're smarter than we are. It's like, you know everything, right? Even in those phases, we've got to keep teaching. We've got to keep modeling. We've got to keep impressing upon their hearts. That's our role. That's something God's given to us that he hasn't given to anybody else in that way. And parents especially, you, you can't bail on that. You can't sidestep that because if you stop instructing, somebody else is going to start instructing. Like there's, there's not going to be this vacuum of no instruction. A voice is going to speak up from somewhere. Their friends, their peers, other people that they look to, our culture, 
Hollywood. Somebody's going to speak up and fill in the void if you stop instructing. And sometimes they're going to speak up even as you're instructing. That's why this has got to be a part of your family no matter what stage you're in. you got to instruct no matter the stage. Related to that, maybe necessary for that, you got to communicate at every stage. you got to keep the conversation going. No matter what stage you're in, how old you are, how old your siblings are, how old your parents are, how old your kids are, one of the, one of the biggest challenges of family is keeping the conversation going. Like not every conversation needs to be instruction. Not every conversation needs to be correction. Like there just needs to be some communication. I think it's one of our biggest challenges as parents. How do we just keep the door open? How do we just keep the door open? Our kids, as they get older, they're not going to just unload every day. You know, different personalities, different kids. Some of them hold it in. Some of them want to talk all the time. But typically, when they get teenage years, college years, they're not just coming out with everything all day, every day, as much as we want that as parents. And so I think our job is just, Make sure the door's open. Just ask questions. Just be there. Just have conversation. Just talk. Just make sure that communication is still open. And that's a constant process. It's constant in our families. Sometimes when we live on our own, just think of our extended family or our parents or our siblings. It takes more work during that stage because we're disconnected physically. You got to keep the door open. Another another thought: encourage at every stage. Encourage at every stage. Again, not every conversation needs to be instruction. Not every conversation needs to be correction. A lot of conversations need to be: How do I encourage them? How do I build them up? How do I let them know I believe in them? I'm on their side. I see the potential. I see what God wants to do in their life. I see what they could be. I'm with them. I'm on their side. Look. Our kids are growing up in the internet social media age where everyone is determined to say something critical about everything. Have you noticed that? Like people are determined to find something to criticize about everything. Anything you post, any picture, anything you slightly mistake, they're going to pounce. Now, I didn't grow up. I wasn't an adolescent during the social media age. And it was hard enough then. Like it, was, it was hard enough to find self-esteem and, and deal with insecurity issues. It was hard enough to figure out who I was and find myself and find my voice. When I didn't have people posting stuff on Snapchat and Instagram every day. And that's the culture that we live in. I mean... Our kids are in this world where everybody wants to criticize. From their home, from their family, they need to know this is a place that believes in me. This is a place that's on my side. This is a place that's not afraid to correct me, not afraid to instruct me. But at the end of the day, I know there's grace and love and mercy and support and encouragement here. They need to hear that. I would say this, if you're teenager, college student, you're a young adult. Your mom and dad are in the same social media world that you are. And adults are no better than teenagers when it comes to this. 
Your spouse needs constant encouragement no matter the stage that you're in. Kids, to your parents, they might like a little encouragement from you occasionally. Encourage at every stage. Another one, pray at every stage. Pray at every stage. Don't wait until your kids are old enough to wreck their life before you start praying. Right? right? Like our parents' prayer life goes way up in middle school, right? It's like, oh, I don't even know who they are anymore. <laughs> Aliens have moved into my house. Right? Our prayer life. Don't, don't wait for that critical moment to start praying. Now, if you haven't been praying, then pray, like, Jump in and pray at the critical moment. But what I'm saying is pray at every stage. Pray God's protection, God's leadership. Pray that God would put people in their lives that would draw them closer to God. God would give them mentors and and models besides yourself. Pray at every stage. Don't wait until your parents are battling some kind of physical challenge to start praying for your parents. Don't wait until your your siblings get a a bad report from the doctor before you start praying for your siblings. Pray at every stage. Pray at every stage. And then my last suggestion is enjoy your family at every stage. Enjoy your family. This is a gift from God. Enjoy your family at every stage. Again, you... Single, God's got something for you during that part of your life. Enjoy. There's there's goodness to that. Newly married, fantastic. Enjoy that stage. Babies, diapers, and formula. Those of you who got kids out of diapers, you remember the pay raise you got when you were done with diapers and formula? It's like, whoa, we got all this money, right? It doesn't last very long. It just goes somewhere else. But there's that moment where, oh, we don't have to buy diapers and formula. If you're in that diaper formula stage, enjoy it. If you're in that stage where they're starting to move around, but they need to hold on to you, like they always reach for your finger, for your hand, you better enjoy that stage. They just started school. They're just starting to learn to come at home and tell you what they got taught that day or or, or what their homework is or what they found out that day. You better enjoy that stage. They in high school and you can actually do things with your kids that you like to do. (laughs) Like you don't go to Chuck E. Cheese anymore. It's like, yeah, praise God we graduated from Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) I was telling... I was telling Heather uh, yesterday, I, I was, I, honestly, I'm so glad we've graduated from Justice, the store. <laughs> I have, some of you don't know, I have three girls. I spent an eternity in Justice. <laughs> like, if there's a purgatory, I'm out because <laughs> I had to spend so much time in Justice. And it's like, oh, God. But you can actually go to a movie that you like with your kid when they get to a certain age. Enjoy that. Getting them ready to send off to college. Watching them kind of begin to zero in on where they're going to spend their life. Are they, are they adults? You, you get to have more of that conversation with them. Enjoy it. Look, don't make the mistake of wishing any of those stages away. 
We, we can tend to do that. Oh, I'll just be so glad when we get out of, when we get to, when they're able. Can I tell you something? That stage is going to pass. And it's probably going to pass a lot faster than you think. A lot faster. Don't wish it away. Here's a, a beach picture from uh, our family. Um, and, uh, the one in the foreground is Callie, is my oldest. The one in the back, if you can see one in the back running from the ocean, that's Lily. And uh, I don't specifically remember this moment, but if it holds true to form, what's going to happen next is Lily's going to trip and fall and dump her bucket of water out. And there'll be tears and we'll brush off knees and then we'll walk back down and we'll refill the bucket and we'll walk it back up carefully. That's usually the way this picture ended up. Um, but uh, Callie, with the pose, she, she'll graduate in less than three months, and she'll go to college. You know how long ago that picture was? It was that long ago. It was that long ago. I used to hear people, I used to hear old people say that. <laughs> We're still in diapers. That long. Better enjoy it. You better do what God's called you to do in your family. From the beginning of time, God said, I'm building everything up from here. Building everything up from your house, your home, your family. Don't wish it away and don't waste any time. Don't wish it away and don't waste any time. No matter where you are, I I can promise you, It's never too early to start doing the things that we talked about. It's never too late to start doing the things we talked about either. Now, some of you were like young me, thinking, oh, it's going to be forever. These days never pass. No, go ahead and start. Go ahead and start enjoying and praying and encouraging and instructing. Go ahead and start. It's not too early. And some of you are thinking, oh, it's I'm already done. I'm, I'm already, no, it's never too late either. Never, never too late to do what God has called you to do in your family. So do it. Do it. Don't let anything stop you. Let's pray. God, thank you for the beautiful gift that is family. And we acknowledge... Uh, as, as I say that, we acknowledge it's messy sometimes, it's dysfunctional, we, we don't get it right. Some, some, people, some people have caused great harm through their family. But it's still your vehicle. It's your primary vehicle for conveying love and grace and truth and training the next generation up to love you and honor you and to be healthy and strong and so help us not to waste any time and help us not to wish any stage away for we are in that moment for a reason and may we enjoy it in Jesus name